Welcome to It's Gwinnable, the podcast of my journey to become the best woman, wife, and mother that I can be. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to be back talking to you. This has been a really great week for me, uh, a couple of different reasons why, but it just made it so many things happen this week that I actually felt like I accidentally skipped a week recording a podcast um, just because of how many things happen. But at the same time, it's gone by so quickly that it feels like I just recorded a podcast a couple days ago. Like it doesn't, it feels like it's been a long time and not a long time at the same time, which is very strange. Um, but yeah, just like a really kind of great week for me. Um, everybody's is sleeping well, which means for the most part, I am sleeping well. Uh, my dog has other plans for my sleep. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, because things are a little bit different still with the pandemic situation going on. Um, it's not very easy to get a vet appointment, but I do have him on the waiting list because I am mildly concerned. Um, he usually sleeps really, really well. And he's been waking me up once a night, um, to drink water and, go pee and all of those things, um, which is not his usual self. So, uh, I have a phone call in, I will keep you posted. Hopefully he's good. He's seven and a half. So he should be in my mind. Um, he's not like, you know, an old man who's losing control of himself, if you know what I mean. But, um, so hopefully everything will be fine and I will keep you posted on that. I may phone the vet's office and see where we are on their waiting list. Um, and just, yeah, see if I can get some more information because he was my first baby. <laughs> I was a dog mom first. Um, and he's usually a pretty good guy as much as small dogs are interesting. Like, I really do love him and he's a great dog. And I will never own another one ever again. <laughs> it's, pretty much, it's pretty much that story. He has been an absolute joy. And I hope to continue to enjoy him for a long, long time because little dogs typically live forever. Um, but we will not get another miniature pincher, um, probably ever. So we're enjoying him while he is here with us. And then we will not, we will not do that again. He's good. He's good. There are a lot of upsides to having a small dog. There are a couple of downsides to having a small dog. And, uh, I think for my family, the, uh, the, the downsides outweigh the upsides. We're big dog people up in this house. I feel like anyways, back to my crazy, awesome week. Um, I, it's, it's kind of, it's something that I was going to put onto today's podcast for what I'm struggling with. I have a hard time. And I think it's partly because I'm a fairly shy person and a fairly introverted person. Um, and then throw in my like anxiety, uh, on top of all of that. And I have a really hard time doing what I feel like are normal adult tasks. Um, I don't like making phone calls to people I don't know and have never met. Um, like, you know, if I'm trying to arrange a quote to be done or if I need to call to have the furnace serviced or those types of things, I have a really hard time with, um, I usually like give myself a little pep talks and go to the store and buy myself a chocolate bar and then tell myself I can't eat it until I've made the stupid phone call. Um, just because it's something that makes me very uncomfortable and just gives me a lot of like icky feelings. 
Um, so what I, what I really have been struggling with, um, for the past, it's been about a month. Um, it's just like overcoming that like shyness level or that like hesitation to just get it done. Basically. Um, I was given an amazing opportunity, um, through somebody my mom knows, which I think is where the other part of this comes in. Um, I, w- I was talking to my mom. So I'll just back right up. Our, our house, we've been here for five years now, um, needs some work. Um, it was built in um, the late 70s. Technically, it is a single wide trailer. Um, so it needs quite a bit of updating at this point. Um, the roof needs doing, the windows need doing, a bunch of other like plumbing stuff needs doing. Um, so Robin and I have been talking back and forth about um, kind of what we want to do because my estimate is that it needs about $40,000 worth of work. Um, we both like our end goal was, um, big dream of life was to buy the house that's on our own property. Um, so once we paid off the mortgage, the plan was to build something here. Like that was our big dream is to take the, the trailer off the property and then actually build a actual house. Um, but we've just, we've, we've come to the point where we're talking about how much work the trailer needs versus, um, how old it is. Um, cause like, I'm thinking that like $40,000 is like bare minimum of what it needs. Uh, it actually, if you actually did everything it needed, it would be significantly more than that. Um, for something that we're both not really happy with, it's a little bit smaller than we like. We both prefer an actual like brick and mortar kind of house. Um, so we've just been kind of talking about where we want to go from here and I thought like it would be really cool to just look into it I like learning things I like having information so I said like why don't we look into what it would cost to build a house um now like what are we allowed to do for the zoning that we're in and like is our dream even feasible for this piece of property kind of it's kind of a weird shape it's really really narrow at the front by the road and like really quite wide in the back but the width of where the house would start isn't necessarily very wide and you're only allowed to build so close to your property line and all that stuff but these are all things that like we don't know how close you can build to the property line for where you live so these things are kind of things like I wanted to know and I thought like let's just put together a package I'm sorry excuse me um put together a package and figure out some quotes and just kind of see you know where we're gonna go kind of from here and just have that information Worst case scenario, we find out it's way too expensive for right now, um, but we know like what the dream number is. We can put it up on like my vision board and you know what I'm saying and just kind of carry on with life. So I was given, um, I mentioned this to my mom in passing conversation just because we talk quite a bit and I was just like, yeah, this is kind of what we're thinking about. And she's like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. And the next thing I know, she comes back to me the next day. And she says, oh, this person at my church just recently built a house. And he gave me the name of the guy who, like, facilitated all of those things for him. Um, And he gave me his email address, so you can send him an email. And I kind of had this moment of, like, here's where, (laughs) here's where, like, my problem comes in. So I do not believe that I have met the man at my mom's church who has recently built the house. Um, his name sounds vaguely familiar. I might have met him once, but I can't put a face with his name. Like I definitely don't know him. Um, so super, super nice and super sweet that he gave me the information of the guy who helped him build his house. 
but the information is for, so the email address is to a person I do not know, from a person I also do not know, passed to me through my mom. And all she said was like, he's expecting your email. The guy at my church told him you'd send an email. He told him a bit about you and whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like if you have the same, like if I was talking about like my shyness and anxiety around like adult type things and you like had like, oh, same, you're probably physically cringing on the inside right now because that is exactly what I did. I was like, super nice of him. Can't send that email. (laughs) Um, So the email address was given to me about a month ago gonna be honest and I put it off and I put it off and I used the excuse of like Robin leaving soon to go back up north and then Robin had just left so I was adjusting to things with just Rupert and I and I came up with every excuse I could possibly think of because she asked me like every other day if I had sent the email yet and I just could not bring myself to do it I actually I sat down at my computer a couple times physically had a panic attack and had to get up and walk away from my computer um and then finally I'm like you just have to do it. I was in the checkout line at the grocery store and the coffee crisps were on sale. I love me a good coffee crisp. I bought one and I'm like, you cannot have this coffee crisp. It is your reward for sending the freaking email. So (laughs) I did. I actually sent it. Um, It took me an hour to write the email. That was probably like two paragraphs long. Um, It required two phone calls to my sister-in-law um, the first time I got her voicemail and I majorly panicked. She has like different but similar anxiety kind of situations. So I knew if I called her and explained to her the situation, she would be like, oh, I know where you're coming from. Let me talk you down off that ledge. So she texted me back saying, hey, I missed your call. Call me back. So that's why I took two phone calls. Um, so talked to her for a while. She calmed me down a little bit. I sent the email. I got to eat my chocolate bar. All was well because at least now it's gone. I've done it. He emailed back less than 24 hours after I sent the email Um, and he wanted to come out to the house. And that is my second least favorite thing is like having people out to the house. Like if there's ever, um, like I said, like we need work on the furnace or if we have to have a quote done to get some work done or when the guy came by to install our, our landline because we have really bad cell reception out here. So we actually have to have a house phone. Um, All of these things give me incredibly large anxiety Um, I usually try to arrange, um, to either not be home myself or at the very least to have somebody else home with me, um, just for a lot of reasons that I'm sure we'll get into at some point, but, um, I have a lot of anxiety around those types of things and he wanted to come by middle of the day, um, actually right in the middle of Rupert's nap, um, on a Monday. So I was like, okay, that means my mom's working. Um, so she can't come over and Robin is up North and he can't come over. And I just kind of like my sister-in-law also works during the day. So can't come over. And I just kind of had this like mental, like ticking down the list. And, um, luckily for me, my neighbor was home. Um, and we chit chat back and forth. Like she's the one with the chickens. Also, I have a chicken update for you in just a second. Um, so I said, I just ran over to the fence line and I'm like, Hey, there's this guy coming. I'm really nervous about it. Can you just like, maybe keep an eye on me or like keep and listen out and if I'm murdered can you call the police um because I have what I refer to as worst case scenario brain and I think that he's a serial killer and he's going to come to my house and murder me um like I know logically that that is not true but there's like the anxiety part of my brain talking telling me that it is an absolute like 98% possibility that that is true 
Um, so I have like these dueling conflicting parts of myself that um, argue over whether or not these insane scenarios are actually realistic. Ah, oh, geez. So thankfully, she's like the sweetest neighbor in the history of the world and was like, yep, yeah, no problem. Um, and she just hung around outside doing like gardening and stuff while he was here. So I felt so much better. And Rupert napped the entire time that he was here, which also made me feel really good. So anyways, I just like, I'm so proud of myself this week for getting over my massive struggle. Um, I'm sure I will fight with it again sometime in the near future. Uh, but conquering it, at least for this week and taking like a big step in that general direction um yes proud of myself a little bit for doing that um so got that ball rolling which I'm excited about and um he seems to feel that like things are kind of looking good he asked me to like scan him some documents and send him a little bit more information on like property lines and stuff like that so I've done that and I'm just kind of waiting to hear back from him on like what we do next but I will keep you posted because it's I don't even know anybody who's ever built a house. So like I had no idea to like, where do you start? Who do you call? What is all of this? Um, but it'll be interesting. So I will keep you posted. Um, chicken update. So I told you, <laughs> I told you about the chicken being attacked by an eagle. Um, and that she was okay. I call her the Lone Ranger because my neighbor has three chickens and two of them are usually together and glued at the hip. And one of them is usually off on her own being brave and exploring the world. So I started calling her the Lone Ranger because she's awesome. Um, so it was the Lone Ranger that got attacked. She is doing so great. She is like, other than the fact that she's missing a large portion of feathers and has a very obvious um, laceration to the top part of her butt um, by the base of her tail. Um, she's, she looks like she's doing really great. It doesn't look like there's an infection at all. She's like everything normal. Like when I come outside, um, she runs towards the fence to see if I have any snacks for her because she's awesome. Um, and she's doing that at like full speed. So she's not like, you know, inhibited at all. And the other two chickens kind of clung to her pretty tightly for a couple of days after the eagle incident. And they've gone back to kind of doing their own thing. And she's back to being the little ranger. Um, so yeah, no, really happy that they have recovered all three of them from their traumatic experience. Um, and that, uh, the one that was injured, it seems to be healing really, really well. So things are looking up in the chicken world basically um and they're doing really really good and the only other kind of update I had is I mentioned that I was investigating and researching um weed whackers and I have picked one I've decided officially which one we're gonna get um I have not actually bought it yet but I have decided which one I'm gonna get so um I just need to one of these days um, get into the car and drive up the, it's like a 15 minute drive from my house. It's not even that far. Um, and just go pick it up. And then, so I'm, I'm happy that that decision is made too, because, um, there's always that I end up doing a lot of research for even relatively simple purchases. Uh, so it's a nice feeling when I make a decision and, uh, I ran it past Robin and he thinks that it's awesome. Um, and my dad also approves, which is really important because he's the, knowledge guru guy when it comes to everything in life so um happy that that has been decided and excited to get it and get working on that and that I think those are like the new things that I wanted to really kind of oh no that's not all 
the most exciting thing ever. I can't believe I almost forgot. It is a little bit later um, than I normally am recording. So I am a little bit out of my normal routine and it's throwing me a little bit. Um, fantastic news. And I just wanted to celebrate a little bit and thank you a little bit if you've been kind of listening to the podcast and joining me in my new hobby from the beginning or if you've kind of come in since. Um, I actually, we, well, we reached over 200 listens um, like two days ago, I think. Um, so yeah, it's amazing to be over 200, right? I feel like I just noticed that it was over 100 and I, yeah, and it's blowing my mind right now. So huge thank you to everyone who's coming back and listening and hanging out with me once a week here. I really appreciate it. And it makes me feel so happy that like this podcast is bringing me so much joy, which is like amazing. I just thought, try something new and get yourself a hobby and do something that's just for yourself and has nothing to do with, you know, anybody else. And it'll be fun. Um, and I didn't like, I know I thought like, oh, maybe I'll get, you know, six, seven episodes in and I'll run out of things to talk about and it'll be like, eh, well, at least I tried something new, but I'm really enjoying this and I, I get a lot out of it. And the feedback that I'm getting, um, makes me feel like other people are getting a lot out of it too. So I just want to say thank you, um, for, you know, like seeing the lessons and stuff every week. Like even if you haven't sent in an email or giving me like feedback and stuff yet, like seeing that the listens are going up every week is just such an encouraging feeling. And especially given the times we're in and still being, you know, fairly isolated at home and not having too many grown up conversations. It's just really nice to know that, that people are out there and listening and it makes me feel more connected to the outside world. So thank you for uh, helping me get to over 200 listens, um, which is amazing, which leads me to my next kind of announcement. Um, since I'm having so much fun with the podcast and I think that I'm going to just keep on trucking with it, um, I have decided that it is time to get a better microphone so that I'm not using my Bluetooth headphones um, and get something that sounds, gets a better sound quality. Um, I've noticed and like it's been mentioned to me um, that there have been a couple kind of sound quality issues um, in the last couple episodes, which I apologize for. Um, I just started out with kind of the equipment that I had. I didn't want to invest money into something that was just a hobby for myself. I think as a, well, as a mom, you're kind of reluctant to spend money on yourself. And for me as a wife, I was too, like even before we had my son, I was, you know, if it was something for the family or if it was something for my husband, no problem. But if it was something just for me, I was like, mm, do I actually need it though? Uh, so um, the headphones were actually a fairly recent purchase too. Um, and only because... Um, we kind of, my husband broke his cell phone and in the process of getting him a new cell phone, we got like a hundred dollar gift card to the store where he got his cell phone. Um, and he decided that, um, my headphones had recently broke and he decided that he would use some of that gift card, um, to get me new headphones. So the headphones were kind of a big deal. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have these headphones and they're so awesome. I'll just use those. Um, but no, I've decided that we're, this is episode 19 now. Unbelievable. Um, can't believe next week is episode 20. So excited. Um, and I think that it's time to get a better microphone. So I have asked 
my dad because like I said he is the guru knowledge guy for literally everything um, which microphone would be good and he's looking into it a little bit more for me I guess he's already was already looking into it um, he has um, he's really into like music and has many guitars um, and recording type of things um, so he was already looking into microphones I guess um, a little bit so he's just kind of like finishing up that research and will get back to me and I will sometime in the not too distant future we'll have a new microphone and hopefully things will start sounding more classy on this podcast I'm excited about it uh, so that is kind of what I wanted to update you all about and we've already done kind of what I've been struggling with recently um, my tip of the week which is the other reason why my week has been so phenomenally awesome my tip for the week is uh, learn something new if there's something that you know someone mentions or something that you've never really heard of before or something that's always been in the back of your mind um, that you wish you knew a little bit more about take the time to just look into it or research it or find a podcast about it or a Netflix documentary about it or something and just take a little bit of time and learn something new. I learned a couple of new things this week um, and really got to kind of do a deep dive into just some topics that I hadn't really, like I'd given thought to um, in my own mind, but I hadn't actually put any effort into learning more about. Um, so I'm really, it was really good and it felt really good and it reminded me just how much I love learning new things and I love expanding my knowledge base and looking at something from a different perspective and like one of my, well not one of my, my absolutely favorite class in high school, it was called a philosophy class, like that's what the credit was, but it was actually, I would have considered it more like a debate class. The teacher, who was fantastic, um, would come in and, and he would write across the, like you know, you go into the classroom and there'd be like a topic up on the blackboard and it, like a hot button issue topic. Um, like, you know, abortion or euthanasia or you know, gun laws and um, death penalty, like the big things that people have very passionate and very strong feelings about. Um, and then he would kind of point his arm down the middle of the class and be like, this half of the room is for it and this half of the room is against it and go. Um, and then we would have to like argue the standpoint from whatever side of the classroom we were sitting on. And it was really eye-opening for me. I took the class, I was, it was the year I turned 17. So my teen years, uh, but later teen years. Um, and it was just a really eye-opening class for me because quite often I was sitting on the opposite side of the room than what I actually believed, like what my actual own opinion was. And it forced me to like argue for the opposing side. And if you weren't, participating he would call you out and put you on the spot and make you stand up in front of everybody and if your argument wasn't passionate enough like if you were just kind of phoning it in because it wasn't something you actually bought and you didn't want to fight for the opposite side he would call you out on it until you actually came up with a good legitimate reason so it was like you're like the defense attorney you know and if it's something you don't actually agree with you're you're like the defense attorney of someone you know is guilty, but you have to defend them anyways because that's your job. Um, and it just was a really eye-opening experience. And it just was a really like phenomenal and I think an important thing to do at that age because we grow up believing and taking the opinion of our family, of the people we live with, you know, and 
and I've met people who are adults who've never deviated from that. I know someone who votes for the political party that their parents vote for because that's what their family does. Um, they don't actually, they've never researched it. Um, and knowing them and knowing the political party they vote for, they don't actually believe in anything that political party stands for. They just vote for them because that's what their family does. And I have a huge problem with that, to be honest with you. Um, I'm very big into, you need to think for yourself and you need to know why you do the things that you do and you need to understand so you can have an intelligent conversation or you can say, this is what I believe in and this is why I believe it. Um, I think it's hugely important. So not just accepting. And I think that like that, like the, you know, 16, 17 is like the perfect time for a teacher to come along and say, Hey, you know, I'm arbitrarily assigning this to you. And it may be the side that you believe in. You may just be coming up with reasons to, you know, announce like, you know, why you believe what you believe, but you may also be asked to find reasons for the opposing side and really kind of come up with why they believe what they believe and like have to do it from like, he didn't ask us like what our actual stance was. Like he isn't like, are you for the, um, the death penalty? Are you against it? Like it would, that wasn't something ever discussed. So you didn't know if, you know, if I, like if I was against it, but on the side of for it, I didn't know if the person I was arguing against was actually on that side or not too. Right. Like it just wasn't something that was discussed. You just fought for the side you were assigned basically. Um, but it was really eye opening, and I don't like it changed how I viewed the other side. Like it didn't necessarily change any of my stances for my own personal like belief systems on any of those big topics, but it did give me more empathy and like a more understanding for where the other side is coming from instead of just like, nope, you're wrong, which is part of the problem I have with social media these days. It's just so easy to yell at a stranger online and be like, nope, you're wrong. Instead of like, why do you think that? And you know what? My best friend and I have conversations like this because she is also uh, an amazing, inquisitive person who loves having these types of conversations. And we don't necessarily agree on everything, which is part of what makes our friendship so awesome. And we'll have like these intense like debates about like how, why our opinions are different and where it is that we're coming from. And at the end of the phone call, we're like, oh, cool, neat. I still think what I think, but glad to hear what you think. And you still think what you think, but hopefully, you know, you don't hate me now that I told you what I think. <laughs> and, and we end the phone call just as good of friends as we started the phone call. Like it is possible to agree to disagree with someone. But I also think that it's important to know like where your thought process is coming from. And I've had this, this amazing opportunity this week um, and kind of by accident, just to, um, just to learn about some new things and look about some things and, and just a different perspective than I ever have in my life. Um, and it just reminded me how much I enjoy doing that. So that is my tip. My tip for the week um, is just to learn something new. And maybe it's not even something like that philosophically huge. Maybe you, you've always been really interested in crocheting and you've never learned and maybe you should. So don't, don't be like thinking, oh goodness, she's throwing us off the deep end at the, some huge monumental mind, you know, diving thing. It can, if you want to learn something new and it's, you know, yoga, 
good. Just try something new. Just learn something new and, and learn something more about something that, you know, maybe you've been inquisitive about and just haven't done yet. I have a huge list of things I've always wanted to do. And yes, crocheting and yoga are on, the, are on that list um, of things that I would like to do and try and learn more about along with about 50,000 other things. <laughs> someday I will, someday I will get to them and it will be awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's my tip for the week. And, um, whew, what I want to talk about this week is something that I struggled a lot with as a teenager. And it's, I feel like it got better for me in my, in my twenties and then became something I struggled with a lot again when I got married and even more so when I had my son Rupert. So I want to talk about how we as women compare ourselves to others and how we tend to measure our self-worth on what we perceive other people to be. Because it's not even necessarily what someone else is, but what we perceive them to be. My very best friend in high school she was just she's just gorgeous she just is she's just inside and out just the most beautiful human being in the most phenomenal ways um it's it's incredible and I the way that I looked at things when I was a teenager um I'm 5'5 which at the time and I think probably still is is the average height for a woman so it's the most common height you know, middle of the road. I never got very tall. I wore high heels literally the entire time I was in high school because my height seriously bothered me. Um, I wore high heels to amusement parks. I wore high heels on school field trips. Um, Everywhere and anywhere, I was always wearing at least three inch heels because I detested um, my perceived lack of height, even though I was taller than several of my friends. That's not the point. The point is I felt like I was not tall enough. Um, and so, yeah, I had, it was the average height. Um, my hair is brown and my eyes are brown, which are the most common hair and eye colors from a genetic standpoint. Um, and I just felt like everything about me was middle of the road average. Um, there was nothing about me that was better than mediocre. Um, you know, I thought like if I put a hundred percent effort into doing my hair and putting on makeup and changing my outfit eight or nine times that I was, you know, a solid five out of 10. I just felt like I was, yeah, average at best. (laughs) And having such a gorgeous friend, um, you know, like I always thought maybe in the movies or like TV shows, when like a woman is at like a bar at a grocery store or like literally just anywhere and a man walks up to her and is like wow you're beautiful can I please have your phone number I thought that was something that happened in media um I just I didn't believe it was actually a real thing I thought that guys did not just walk up to women and say these things um until I was like I my friend and I went to a mall which required a car trip because we grew up in a small town so we went to the mall It was a big deal. We're going to be there all day. And I kid you not, she had three separate occasions where guys came up to her, told her she was beautiful, 
some cheesy pickup line, ask for her phone number. And, like, we're talking, like, we did not have cell phones. (laughs) So, (laughs) it was, yeah, like, you know, like, can I get your landline number? I can call you sometime. Um, Not, like, hey, let me get your text or, you know, your Insta or whatever, right? Like, it was actually legitimate people were still phoning people. And I just kind of, like, the first time it happened, I'm like, what just happened? Like, that happens in the movies. That does not happen in real life. And by the time it happened the third time in one day when we were at the mall, I just stayed there, like, dumbfounded. And I just couldn't help but thinking, like, this is what happens to girls who are beautiful. So, obviously, it's not a real thing for you because you are not beautiful, you know? And, like, that's... I spent so much time comparing myself to her in in ways that were not like not realistic looking back of them like there's nothing I could have done to make my hair look like her hair she had like this most amazing beautifully textured um it was insane it was she's gorgeous I can't say that enough because she just is um but like it's not physically possible for my eyes to be blue and like you know there's no point in you know and as I got older I accepted that there was no point in comparing myself to, for things that, like, she didn't choose her eye color, right? Like, she choose, she chooses who she is, like, she chooses how she behaves and how she treats people, um, and, like, you know, I can learn lessons from that, but, like, there's, there's not any, like, reason to, like, compare myself physically to her, because genetically speaking, we're just different, um, so in high school, I had a really hard time with that. I also am very, very, very pale, very pale, and I do not tan. I have been to tanning salons. I have spent hours outside. I spent an entire summer um, going out and spending every single Saturday laying on tinfoil in my backyard to attract more sun (laughs) with, like, baby oil on my legs to attract more sun um, and did not tan. Um parts of me burned and then faded back to white um but no tan and this is like late 90s early 2000s when everyone was that lovely orange color from all of the tanning that they were doing um and I just no matter what I did could not achieve that um I recently just this week been told that my skin is beautiful and amazing and I must have taken very good care of it and um I I literally think it's just because I don't tan (laughs) So I never had that, like, as much as I wanted it and as much as I tried to do it, I don't have the, you know, like, age spots and things um, because it was a physical impossibility for me. But it was such a huge blow to my self-confidence that I couldn't achieve, like, a basic staple of fashion for the time that I was living in. Like, I kept, like, I should have been born in the Victorian era because my pasty paleness would have come in handy and I would have been considered awesome um, without having to rub mercury into my skin. Um, but I just kept thinking like I was, must have been born at the wrong time or like what's wrong with me that I can't achieve this or, you know, like my body type is not designed to be small. Um, I have at two different points in my life achieved um, what I would consider to be small. One of the times was definitely too small, which we will talk about someday. Um, but like, just like my physical build, um, doesn't really fit into the, 
you know, height to weight ratio charts they give you. Um, you know, for when I looked at it as a teenager for five, five, you're supposed to weigh somewhere between 110, um, and 145 pounds. Um, I should not weigh 110 pounds. It is not healthy <laughs> or good for me, for my physical body type. And I know people my height who can do that and for their build, it's okay. Um, for me physically, it's not, it's not good. I look sick. Um, and it's painful, but we'll talk about that at some other point because that's a lot to get into for tonight. Um, so I kind of got over like physically comparing myself to other people in my early twenties and I felt really good about myself and I kind of stopped caring. Um, I bought a pair of Crocs, which by the way are insanely comfortable and all of my friends made fun of me and I did not care because I was really, really comfortable. Um, I haven't really worn high heels since high school. Uh, I stopped wearing them in university and just never, like, as soon as I got a pair of Crocs, I was like, oh, screw this. Like, your feet can actually be comfortable and, like, your back can actually not hurt at the end of the day. This is amazing. Um, yeah, and I spent, like, a year and a half where, like, the only pair of shoes I owned were Crocs. And I wore them until I literally wore holes in the bottom of them. And it was awesome. And they are comfortable. And I still love them. Um... But it was, it was such a freeing moment for me to get to the point where I didn't care that they weren't cool or I didn't care that it wasn't like this year's fashion moment or whatever. It just, I was comfortable and it allowed me to feel a lot more grounded in myself when I didn't care, you know, what my friends looked like or what my roommate was wearing or like what they thought about what I was wearing. I just wanted to be comfortable and I was cool with that. And they were like the happiest years of my life. Um, it was great. I got to make like all of my own decisions clothing wise and I wasn't stuck in something that I was physically uncomfortable wearing but wore anyways because it was kind of in um, or felt like I had to wear anyways because it was kind of in. So it was really, really great. And I thought like, oh, this is so amazing. Like I finally reached the point with, you know, this freedom that comes with getting older and like not, you know, putting my self-worth or self-value on what I felt other people thought of me. Um, and then I got married. <laughs> and I started to look around and like, I felt that if people came over to our house and it was not 100% clean and everything in its perfect place, that they would look at me like I failed as a wife. And I understand how insane that sounds, just so you know. <laughs> like, I understand that like, we don't live in the 1950s um, and that the way a house looks is not solely on the wife. But I felt that in order to, like, prove my value, especially, um, like, when my husband, he has some family that lives overseas and they were coming to visit, I was so stressed. Um, I'd only met them once or twice before we got married. And I was so stressed that they were going to come into the house and it wasn't going to be clean enough and that they were going to think that he made a bad choice in me because I couldn't keep our house clean. Um, and I started to really compare myself to other wives who... I felt like did more or achieved more or were in some way better. And that's like Pinterest was becoming really, really popular. And there were all these things of like, I handmade my husband a quilt with all of the places we went on dates. Um, and like all those things that, you know, like this beautiful homemade gift to celebrate our anniversary. That's gorgeous. And it's just, not, that's not the kind of person that I am. And that's not something that I, I'm good at doing, like I'm good at other things, but I started to compare myself to people who are good at things that I'm just not. 
And I started to kind of beat myself up for the fact that I wasn't good at those things. Um, And then, of course, it becomes even worse, again, when you become a mother because everybody looks like they're doing a better job than you or their baby doesn't scream in the middle of the grocery store or, you know, um, their kid sleeps through the night at, like, four months old um, or whatever it is, right? Like, their baby started crawling sooner or, you know, their baby got teeth sooner or whatever it is. Like, it's so easy to think that other mothers have it all together and that, I'm a huge failure and that I'm not doing enough and that I'm not giving enough and that, you know, especially again with Pinterest, um, you know, like I don't, you know, cut my son's cucumber into pretty little flower shapes. And I like, you know, didn't, I did. Nope. I didn't bake him a cake for his birthday. I bought one. Um, I baked cupcakes for his baby shower, but they did not look like Pinterest cupcakes. They look like Gwyn made them because I did. Um, and it was hot and the icing was drippy. <laughs> so I just, you know, like it's so easy to compare yourself with other people and to think that everyone else has it together um, and everyone else is doing a better job. And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I found myself doing it again recently. It's like I feel like I'm spending more time on social media and I'm seeing, you know, like the moms that are like, you know, posting the pictures of these like amazing beautiful things that they're doing with their kids but because all I'm seeing is the amazing beautiful things they're doing with their kids I am you know like nobody you know puts a post up on Facebook that says hey my kid just threw like a two and a half hour tantrum and it sucked and I probably didn't handle it as well as I could have you know like they're not posting that they're posting like look at this beautiful handmade craft we did this afternoon um which makes me think that like it just, it gives you the impression that their kid doesn't ever throw tantrums or like they don't ever have an off day or their kid doesn't ever have an off day or, you know, there's not, you know, a day where they're just making a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch. Like it's always something more elaborate and, you know, in some way better. I love me a good grilled cheese sandwich though. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I found myself doing it this week and I made a list. I made a list of things to do to get myself back out of it. So I thought this could be valuable to someone other than myself. So I'm just going to run through it with you. It's six things. So obviously the first step is to catch yourself doing it. Just to just admit I'm comparing myself to this person right now. Um, And the second, I feel like that's like, honestly, 60% of the battle is just acknowledging that that's what you're doing half the time. Um, The second thing is to find perspective in the moment you know um there is a zero percent chance that they are in the exact same situation that you are in um I was doing this the other day on Instagram where I saw all these incredibly gorgeous women who had these amazing weight loss success stories and um I just felt like you know like my son's almost two Um, I haven't lost all of the baby weight I gained with him yet. I did definitely did not bounce back. Whatever the heck that is did not happen to me. Let me tell you something. And I just was looking at, you know, the people who are, and I just thought, you know what, find the perspective. Like, you know, obviously their metabolism clearly is different than mine. Their, their birth experience was very likely different than mine. Um, 
and like where they are in their journey, like they look beautiful and they look fit and they've been at it for five years or whatever. Right. Like, whereas like I have put my priority in other areas, (laughs) just to be honest. And so I am just beginning to get to the point where I feel like I have the space and the energy um, and the time. And I feel like Rupert has reached an age where he's better at letting me work out. He thinks that it's a game sometimes, which is not good. Like I'll, I'll do a squat and he'll come stand behind me and like put his hands on my butt and push me up. Like, no mommy, don't fall down, which is hilarious. And we end up laughing, but not a lot of exercising is done, but I feel like we're getting to the point now where I'm just starting out. So comparing myself to people who are at the end of their journey when I am just the beginning of mine isn't okay. So find the perspective of, of what reality is because their story and their life and their genetics and everything are not, is, there's no way it's 100% the same as you. And if it's not 100% the same as you, then you can't really effectively compare yourself to them. And reminding yourself of that is, for me, really helpful. Um, so the third thing on my list is to express gratitude. So just to list off a couple of reasons or think of a couple of reasons why or in that arena how you're doing really well. So for me, like, I reminded myself that I have not actually gained any weight recently. Um, so... Yeah, I haven't lost all the weight I want to lose, but um, I'm not gaining any. So that's important. And also I have made gigantic steps um, in eating better and that type of thing. So just list off a few things, you know, like in the last, like having my son, my body went through a hell of a lot, um, which is a story for another day. (laughs) My, My experience in having him was a little bit dramatic. Um, and my body did amazing, wonderful things. Like it takes a lot to grow a human being, um, and then give birth to that human being. And then it takes your body a long time to recover. Um, which is why I hate the phrase bounce back because it takes 40 weeks to build a human being. And I don't understand why it wouldn't take at least that long for your body to recover from growing a human being. It's, that's another story for another day. But anyways, so just express gratitude. And list off a few reasons that your life is actually going really well or list off the steps you've taken towards your goal or just list things that you're proud of that your body can do. Um, When I did the plank challenge, I more than doubled the amount of time I could plank for, which to me was huge. Um, Planking has always been my weak spot. Core strength and I are not best friends. Um, especially not since um, I had like an emergency C-section with my son. So my stomach muscles were quite literally cut in half. Um, and it takes my, it takes the core a little bit of time to, um, knit itself back together. Um, so the fact that I could do a plank and that in 30 days, I more than doubled the amount of time I could hold it for, um, is something to be really proud of. And it, you know, and I know people who can plank for longer than me, but they're different than me and in making an improvement in that arena is huge and something that should be celebrated for something on its own. So expressing gratitude for the things that are going well and the things that you're good at is great. Um, number four, instead of comparing yourself to someone else, 
find encouragement in their story. So let their success inspire you. So if they achieve their weight loss goal in eight months, you know, it means it's possible to achieve that goal in eight months, right? Or that it's not as long a time as you think it may be. So, you know, maybe, you know, their weight loss goal is a different number than you or a different, I'm trying to measure weight loss differently. I'm trying to measure it less with numbers and more with how strong I am and how much my endurance is and how well my clothes are fitting just to kind of get away from like the physical number on the scale. It's a work in progress. Um, but it's, yeah, like instead of comparing yourself to them, take a minute to just celebrate their success and be like, they, you know, can be a, a great role model. You can look at the successes that they've had and you can try the things that they've tried and you can take that and apply it to your life without comparing yourself to them so they can inspire you um, instead of make you feel crappy. Um, the fifth thing on my list is to find out what like triggers the comparison. Um, so obviously the other day for me, it was Instagram and looking at all of the beautiful um, women who had achieved huge success. Um, and I decided to unfollow that page just because um, I was struggling in that moment to not horrendously beat myself up and I felt that it was important for me to take a step back and just remove that um you know remove the page altogether so that I couldn't look at it and couldn't like trigger those negative self um doubt or self-loathing negative talk in myself um until I can remind myself and reset myself and get back to the point where I'm not coming at it from a perspective of beating myself up and like look they did it why the hell can't you or why haven't you yet or whatever it is right so just like find what's triggering you and just knowing what it is helps you know how to eliminate it is where I'm trying to go with that sentence and then the last thing on my list here is daydream about your future, you know, and like focus on and put energy and happy thoughts and happy feelings into visualizing what your life is going to be like when you achieve your goal. Um, as you know, if you've, if you've ever watched the secret on Netflix, <laughs> one of my favorite things and I watch it, I haven't watched it recently, but for a while I was watching it like once a year, um, where I would just go on and watch the secret and like remind myself how powerful your thoughts can be and how powerful your outlook and your attitude can be. And I love the vision boards and I until recently have not been successful with actually making one. I do actually have one up on my wall right now. Um, that's doing, they just seeing it and remembering why I made it and why I chose the things to put on it that I did. And, and the feelings that I had with like the intentions that I wanted to put into it. Um, I get that feeling every time I look at it and it reminds me this is why we're doing this and this is what we're going for and this is how great it's going to feel when we get there so daydreaming about your future you know if it's like the 10 minutes you know when you're laying in bed and your lights out and you're getting ready to fall asleep instead of thinking about all the things you have to do tomorrow take a minute and just think about how like and then visualize it like how it's going to feel what you're going to look like what you're going to sound like, how you're going to present yourself to other people and 
like just take your moment and really like imagine it's already happened imagine you've already achieved your goal and just take a moment to really feel it and feel how awesome it is and feel how exciting it is and um it'll it reminds me how far I've come already instead of focusing on how much farther I feel I still have to go um to actually like accomplish and you know say I I accomplish this goal and I can walk away from it um and it reminds me what it is that I'm fighting for and what it is that you know the sacrifices I make um you know and the time and the energy I'm putting into it how great it's going to feel when it pays off and when I can say that I did it and it's done so those are my tips um to help stop comparing yourself to other people just kind of walk down through it the next time you know you find yourself comparing yourself to somebody else for whatever reason we all do it for for different things um for me always wait and I think that that's for a lot of women or or you know like not necessarily just wait but like how toned we are and um how you know how our clothes are fitting and like what style of clothing we feel comfortable in based on like how we feel our bodies look or whatever for me a lot lately it's been um around cooking around meals and I see these like gorgeous meals that people are are making while they're at home self-isolating and I'm like I just yeah kind of beat myself up a little bit for not being able to accomplish something that elaborate or or amazing so oh my goodness I'm sorry apparently I need to have a nap because I'm yawning um Okay, so that's basically where I'm coming from this week with just, you know, I really think that the majority of it is just acknowledging that it's happening and acknowledging that we're doing it. And then we can take the steps to kind of back ourselves out of it. I feel so much better when I'm, when I'm comparing myself to my past self. You know, I, that's why I love like the 30-day challenges where you take a measurement of it at the beginning, like how, how many times can you run up and down the stairs before you feel like you're going to die? Or, you know, like how, how long can you hold a plank for? Or, you know, how many days in a row can you go without eating sugar? Or whatever it is, right? And do something that's tangible and measurable. And when you get to the end of the 30 days, you can be like, you know, I made it this whole time without doing whatever it was. Or, I did this one exercise every day for 30 days and this is how much better I got at it. Like this is how many I can do now or like this is how much better my form has gotten. Um, and measuring those successes instead of just measuring, you know, measuring tape around the waist or measuring, you know, what the scale says. It's a lot easier to do these comparisons with weight. <laughs> um, okay, so three things I'm grateful for today. Uh, summer has decided to return to Vancouver Island, which I am both grateful for and not grateful for because as I've mentioned, I do not like the heat. Um, what I do love about it is, and what I am grateful for is, um, every day this week, Rupert and I have spent a minimum of an hour and a half every morning outdoors having a blast. Um, he is having just the best mornings, which set him up for a fantastic nap, which lead to really awesome afternoons. So I have been really grateful that we've been able to spend some more time outside now that the rain has kind of tapered off. Um, and that's been really great. The second thing that I'm grateful for today is that vegetables are starting to come into season. Um, I've actually been able to harvest a couple of things out of our own little backyard garden, which I'm super excited. I have not killed yet. 
um, <laughs> really, really happy about that. And, um, just being able to go to farmer's markets and things like that again, and getting some like local, amazing, delicious, fresh veggies. Um, instead, like I tend to do frozen stuff over the winter and I'm just really appreciating the fresh, delicious crunchiness that is coming as vegetables are coming into season. And the third thing I'm thankful for this week is, um, I, I discussed it a bit, uh, when I started the podcast that I was going to a, um, mom group where we we're meeting up with other moms of similarly ish age children. Um, and today I was able to join a virtual one. So I had a zoom meeting for half an hour this morning with other moms. And it's the first time that I've had like, well, virtual face-to-face -face conversations with other moms, but it just felt really good um, to be able to do that. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I forgot how much I miss talking to grownups um, and it felt really good. So I'm grateful for that this week. And I hope that this next week is equally as amazing for me. And I hope also that next week is super amazing and awesome for you. And I will talk to you next Friday.